Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. It's my Bible. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. Praise God. I'm going to start out in 2 Samuel 24, 24, well, 23, starting in verse 23. David was going to be given something. Said, uh, King Aranua gives all these to the king. He also said to the king, may the Lord God, may the Lord your God accept you. And David said, no, replied the king, I insist on paying a price, for I will not offer to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver, and there he built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then the Lord answered the prayers on behalf of the land and the plague upon Israel was halted. But the key phrase and what I'm going to preach on tonight is offering the Lord something that costs you. He said, I'm not going to give to the Lord something that costs me nothing. You ever get a present that costs you the other person nothing? I remember... Uh, Brenda had a sister, very wealthy sister, and uh, you know we would um, give names for Christmas to buy Christmas gifts. You know, so Brenda had given uh, her sister a bunch of clothes, old Jennifer's clothes, so that uh, you know her daughter could have some clothes. You know. Jennifer had nice clothes, so we, she, was out, she grew out of them, so we gave her the clothes. Well, anyway, in the clothes was a uh, sweater with a J on it. And so we were uh, opening Christmas presents, and this aunt happened to get Jennifer's name. <laughs> so Jennifer opened the present, and there was that sweater with the J on it. And Brenda said, that was one I gave you. <laughs> uh, and this, I mean, her sister is a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Her, 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 she was here at the, uh, the funeral, and her, uh, her friend is the one who started Deloitte. Started Deloitte. Uh, and, her, and her sister sold uh, pharmacy drugs to countries. You know, she priced them in countries. I and mean, she's a multi-multi-millionaire, you know. And she gave Jennifer a sweater that was given to her for Christmas. But needless to say, that present wasn't worth much other than a laugh. 
they they really started laughing after it was <laughs> it was exposed. But she gave something that cost her nothing. And it really meant nothing in that regard. There was a woman in India. I heard a story where she was sacrificing one of her children to one of their gods there. And she had a handicapped child, and she had a healthy child. She was near the river. And so came time for the sacrifice. She grabs the healthy child and throws him right in the river. And they're like, what would you do that for? He's like, you know, you got the handicap. He says, I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, a, a handicapped child to the God. I'm going to sacrifice my best. So she understood, look, I'm not going to give junk to God. I'm going to give him my best. Well, that was a pagan, given to the pagan God. But, I mean, she understood the principle. And... uh I just want to show you that it, when it really doesn't mean, if it doesn't mean much to you, it really doesn't mean much to God. And I'm going to go to uh, Mark 12:43. This was the uh, story regarding who was throwing money into the, into the treasury there. 41, actually, we'll start back on 39, chapter 12, verse 39, it says, And the chief seats, why, 38, And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. There's degrees of damnation. You get some damnation, you get greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. So basically two cents. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Obviously, what was special about her giving? It was everything she had. It meant a lot to her. Imagine that, you're at the treasury i guess what they used to do they had big bins like big uh, i don't know big containers metal ones you throw the money in there and made a lot of sound like the casino with the <laughs> the slot machines coming down hitting the tin you know so uh the rich would throw in all this money and make a lot of tings and she would throw in the two mites anyway imagine the son of god and god himself through jesus staring at you as you put in the two cents he was right there staring at her as he put it in. See, see God? <laughs> it's just interesting to think that God was staring right at her as she put the money in. I mean, this is not a sermon condemning any man. It's not condemning. I mean, it's a sermon for myself as much as anybody else. But 
Um, it cost her something. And because it cost her something, she is in the Bible for all eternity over that two cents. Think about that. Think about the reward. Who are you? I'm the widow that threw in the two cents. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> we all know about you. You're in the book. Isn't that amazing? She threw in two cents, all that she had to live on, and she's in the Bible for all eternity. What a reward. And then the widow, you know, gave her last meal to Elijah. We know about that. Isn't it funny that God wants, like, what cost you? What actually hurts? What actually, like... And I thought about this. It's all relative, too. I mean, if you're a very busy person and you give a half hour a day and it's really a big thing to give a half hour a day, then that's, that's what costs you for prayer or whatever. Um, but if you got all day long and you give a half hour, then it's like, so? What does it cost you? It's not interfering with your day. It's all relative. Well, Matthew 26, 7 through 10, this is the woman with the alabaster jar. Then came unto a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had an indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. Now they say that that was a year's wages to buy that perfume. That lady's in the Bible for all eternity for that box of perfume that she couldn't take with her anyway. It probably would have been wasted by her kids. It cost her something, so it meant something to God. It meant a lot to God. Why trouble you her, this woman, for she has wrought a good work upon me? Who are you? I'm the lady that broke the alabaster box of perfume. Oh, yeah, I know you. In Luke 14, 25, it says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man comes to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. How about that for an attitude? If you just want to know God's ways and what God thinks. If it don't cost you nothing, I ain't interested. Remember, uh, was it Elisha going after Elijah? He says, when you leave, I'm going to give you a double the portion. So why don't you just go back? No, I'm not going back. I'm well, I'm going to go to another city. Why don't, you, why don't you go there? No, I'm going to follow you, and I'm not leaving your side until you take off, and I'm going, to, I'm going to get the double portion. It was just God testing him over and over and over again. You really want this? I guess sort of it's uh, cost you something. It's, he wants to see if you really want it. 
If it doesn't mean nothing to you, it doesn't mean nothing to him. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? I just want you to ponder the question, and I'm going to ponder it myself. Is your walk with Christ costing you anything? cost you anything in terms of time in terms of money in terms of persecution I mean if it's not costing you nothing it doesn't cost me nothing we're really deceiving ourselves aren't we Jesus said persecution will happen to you I'm not getting persecuted it doesn't cost me anything out of my pocket it's not a big deal nothing that I can't part with my time I'm you know I'll give you a Sunday and maybe a day or two a week not gonna, it's not going to be a burden not a, nothing that's out of the way really doesn't cost me anything it don't mean nothing to you it doesn't mean nothing to God either remember hearing somebody say it he was in a worship service, and Jesus asked him, he says, how do you like to worship? He says, well, it's not doing nothing for me. He says, well, if it's not doing nothing for you, it's not doing nothing for me either. You know, I was with Randy Clark in Brazil, and this man was a broken man. I mean, he didn't have money. He lived off of the $500 per person who went. And it's not like I'm saying he lived off it like he made money or anything. I mean, he just paid his costs, and he sent what he could back home. Half the year, 180 days a year, he was away from his family, his kids and his wife. And you wonder why the miracles were happening in his ministry. You know, you wonder why things happened. The fruit that he developed for eternity, as it was costing him. Big time. It was costing his family. It was costing his kids. It was costing... Now, I'm not saying that you have to leave your family 180 days a year. I mean, every, every person is different. Every walk is different. All I'm saying is he was paying the cost. It meant something to God that he was paying a price. And if, it, if he rewarded these people for breaking a box of perfume and that other woman for throwing two cents in, he put them in the Bible. Randy Clark is in the book of Acts that's continued in, in eternity, guaranteed. It cost them something. And they got the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, 16 through 30. And it says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt 
Do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What do I lack? You just see him. I've done all these things. Tell me, Jesus, what do I lack? Because I don't lack anything. I don't think they cost this man too much. He was rich. Probably had a wife. Didn't need to go out and commit adultery. Didn't need to steal because he had money. Why bear false witness? You got money. You don't need to lie. You don't need to steal. You don't need to cheat. I'm sure he's honoring his father and mother. He's got all kinds of money. Why not? Give him money. I'm sure they came from money. Maybe, maybe not, but now he's got it. His money's answering all his problems. What do I lack, Jesus? I've done all those things. Jesus said, if you'll be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. That's going to cost you. That's going to, that's going to, it's like Rambo said, they drew first blood. Now you draw blood. Now you've gone into my bank account. Now you're drawing blood. I don't mind all those other things, but you, you mess with my bank account now. Wait a second. Whoa. Now you're drawing blood. Go sell what you got. Give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away and sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Not possessions, great possessions. And I think the reason why God likes it when it costs you something, because then you're doing it by faith. If you don't do it and it doesn't cost you anything, then it's just religious. But if you do it and it costs you something, then you're actually doing it in faith. He's got to believe that that money is going into heaven and a treasury in heaven. By just giving money, I'm sure he gave money to the temple and all that kind of good stuff. I'm sure he gave lots of money. Religiously. But now that it costs you something, now you're going to have to actually believe that I'm real. And what you treasure, you're going to part with because you actually believe me, who I am, and what I'm all about. In other words, Randy Clark's not going to spend 180 days in Brazil missing his family unless he truly believes that what he's doing is, is the real thing. Right? You're not going to fast. You're not going to study the Bible. You're not going to preach. You're not going to do all those things. Day after day, year after year, like the pastors, I mean, their whole life. You're not going to do it. It cost them. There's an opportunity cost to what they did. So they're doing it in faith. 
And again, it says, God says, it's impossible to please God without faith. So if you're doing it, it doesn't cost you anything. You're not doing it in faith. But if it costs you something, you're doing it by faith or in faith. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? Remember, the Jewish people thought that having money was a blessing and poverty was part of the curse. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, with God all things are possible. In other words, it is possible, although unlikely. Then answered Peter and said unto them, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. I wonder why the disciples were blessed. It cost them. In fact, it cost them their lives eventually in addition to their everyday living. Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that, that, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone... Everyone, everyone, that includes you, Pastor, that includes you, especially you, that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. How about Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 11? He lists what he went through, 11.22, verse 22, we'll start there. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. He worked. He worked harder than them all. In stripes above measure. As I got whipped multiple times, above measure, more than what they normally give. In prisons, more frequent. He sat in jails. In deaths, often, he got stoned. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Think about that. This guy's tied up. He's a child of God. Tied up and whipped. 40 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. We just read this, but I mean, imagine each event. 
Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwright. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Imagine a day and a half in the ocean, bit by jellyfish and all that kind of junk. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers. This guy's constantly in fear. Or not fear, but he's being, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not secure. There's no security here. In perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. Animals. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness. He was tired often. And he's in pain. In watchings often. In hunger and in thirst. He didn't have a lot of money, a lot of food, just hanging around. In hunger and in thirst. In fastings often. In cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. In other words, it was inside and out, mental torment. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. It cost Paul. It cost Paul. Joel Osteen's gospel is not the gospel. It's not about God bettering your life to make it just the perfect life. I mean, he's a nice motivational speaker. He says some nice things to lift you if you're down, but it's not the gospel. The gospel involves a cost, big time, big cost. And the more it costs you, the more Jesus pays attention to you. Look at Paul's reward for the cost that he paid. What about Joseph? Did he pay a cost? Moses could have had Egypt. The riches, the women, everything. Could have been Pharaoh's son, just taken over Egypt. Walked away. It cost him Egypt. And again, I pose it to you. What is it costing you? If it's not costing you anything, think about it. There's something off. I think of... Uh, who is that intercessor? Reese Howell. I used to read that book. I used to work in the, in the mine all day. You know, he was a miner down below. And I would say that this guy would go to church like every night. I mean, he's in the mine all day. Then he goes to church every night and then prays. Who, gets, who has the energy for this? But he did it. I mean, you get hardcore, 
things just start to cost. I'm not saying this is the way it is now, because in, in a lot of ways I've backslidden badly, but I remember coming to church and they were having Cheech's banquet, a soccer banquet. It was at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. I didn't like the fact that it was on a Sunday, especially right there in church. So I never told Cheech and we came to church and we missed his banquet. You know, it would have been good for him because he was, I don't know, he's like 12 or so and he's a middle child and he needed that affirmation, you know. And they were going to give him all kinds of rewards because, and he said, Dad, I, I missed the banquet. I said, I know, Cheech, it was during church and I didn't like the fact that they had it on Sunday. That hurt me more than it hurt him. I, I, got, I got news for you. I mean, he cried a little bit, but I'm still, <laughs> I still feel terrible about it. But if you don't think God noticed that, he did. And it had an effect on Cheech far more than that banquet would have. Even though it hurt, it was, uh, you got more benefit out of it. There's no other way to say it. I remember Jennifer, she was, you know, they were skipping school, senior skip day, and she's like, you got to write excuse, Dad. I say, I ain't going to do it. She's like, uh, Mom, she's <laughs> eventually Brenda signed it for her. But I wouldn't do it. I mean, if you start to walk the walk, I mean, this is what happens. You start running into these issues, and it's just, it starts to cost you. If you're hardcore, if you're not, if it doesn't cost you anything, well, I'll make exception here, exception there, exception here, exception. Before you know it, you're making exception with everything. You're a compromised individual, and it's not good. There's no crossless walk. A crossless walk is really no walk at all. We're just fooling ourselves. And the funny thing is, and God not only wants it to cost you, he wants you to do it cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful coster. But God sees what man overlooks, you know. Nobody saw that widow, but Jesus did. Nobody sees you praying in the middle of the night, but God does. No one sees that, you know, you don't have this half hour to do what you got to do, but you did it anyway. God saw it. He says, there's not anything that's hidden that's not going to be revealed. I remember I was, I was listening to somebody's testimony, and they said that they were in hell, and they were able to look at everyone, and they knew every single sin they ever did in their entire life, including everything they did, period, including every sin. Like instantaneously, they just saw the person and knew everything about them. And we can't do it right now, but I mean... He's saying in the future, you'll be able to just look at somebody and know every single thing they ever did. So that's why he's saying nothing's going to be hidden, nothing. Everything's going to be laid right out. That's a scary thought, but I mean, it's just, it is what it is.
And the uh, ironic thing of the whole thing is if it's not costing you to walk with Christ, it's still costing you to walk without him. Because if it's not costing you anything to interfere with your present life, it is costing you in terms of your spiritual life. Jesus says, he who seeks to save his life will lose his life. Say, well, I'm going to minimize the damage, I'm going to minimize the cost, and just religiously walk the walk. Well, it just costs you your spiritual life. So regardless, if you're not paying the cost going the positive way, you're going to pay the cost going the negative way. There is no middle ground. There's no safety zone. You're either going to pay the cost one way or the other, so you might as well pay the cost that's going to benefit you. And I'll leave you with this. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, it says, And those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him. And those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. There is a book of remembrance being written. And every time it costs you something, every time you fear God, every time you talk about him, it's written down. And God says, one day he's going to pull that out. And he says, you're going to see that there's a distinction between those who pay the cost and those who don't. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.